the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. It's starting to feel a little bit like summertime, right? What do I mean by that? I'm just not that impressed and focused on Wall Street. I am thinking about my vacation pending. I will pay attention to Wall Street for you I promise, anytime you listen, I will give my very, very best. Coming up in about 30 minutes, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, talking the markets, maybe talking a little summer doldrums, maybe talking a little bit about the big news yesterday of what's the market going to do when the Fed starts to taper. Again, every couple of years we learn new terms, like hanging Chad. This one's taper. What's going to happen on the market when the Fed starts taking the debt purchases of U.S. Treasuries away? Is it going to be slow? Is it going to be fast? Is it going to be orderly? Is it going to be disorderly? We will find out. But now we debate it before it actually happens, which, again, I absolutely positively love about Wall Street. Take a look at the markets today. We are adrift. Dow's actually having a pretty good day, up 53. The NASDAQ up 5. The SP 500 up 4. Gold continues to struggle, down 21 to 1362 an ounce. 10 year Treasury sits just under 2%, and maybe 2% is a psychological level. Maybe things feel a little bit better in the economy when it's above it. Maybe things feel a little bit more distressed when it's below it. Economy is on the move. We know that. But Americans are on the move as well. Thanks to slowly breaking in employment. Along with the uptick in housing, more and more people are packing up and relocating. Two years ago, everything was falling off the face of the earth. Now things are starting to see a little monthly payroll growth here, a little monthly payroll growth there. The recovered housing market's also giving people the flexibility to move by making it easier for people to sell their current homes so they can move to a job and a new home. That benefits Home Depot. Home Depot came out with pretty good numbers this morning. Not like jump up and down kind of numbers, but pretty good numbers. 
Strong first quarter earnings, 83 cents a share versus expectations of 77 cents. Revenues were 19.1 billion, better than the 18.6 billion expected. I love going to Home Depot. The only time I don't like going to Home Depot or Lowe's or Home Improvement Center is when I'm feeling like, oh, I got a big vacation coming up. I started to spend a lot of money. So when I feel like I don't have that big spin right around the corner, it's a little bit easier. J.P. Morgan appears to avert a split today of their CEO and chairman, Jamie Dimon. What's interesting about this is, as an investor, you know he's the best banker. One of the best bankers on the planet. He said if he lost his dual title, he may quit. And that's a bit of the problem. I know that he's the best banker, but also I know that he's a bit of a, a Richard. And by Richard, I'm not saying nice things. He's a bit of a jerk. But his ego is so dominant that he says, like, even if I barely get reelected, I may quit. You know, kind of reminds me of that kid on the playground who wants to take his ball and go home when things go a little bit, I'm not going to say audacious, but I'm not going to say pernicious. I'm going to say when things go a little bit sideways to negative. Speaking about Richard, Richard sent me an email. And he says, you sound stupid pronouncing the format file GIF. It's supposed to be pronounced GIF. Even though it's spelled G-I-F, graphic interchange format, it's pronounced GIF as in the peanut butter and not GIF as in gifting someone something. Uh, Richard? I don't care. I'm allowed to sound stupid because I know that E is equal to MC squared. And if I know that, well, let's just say I know I know stuff, right? I'm kind of a big deal. I don't mind being wrong on pronunciation. It doesn't crush me. But thank you for saying you sound stupid. That makes me that makes me believe in people even even a little bit more. So, Chairman and CEO Jamie Dimon, who once was in the city of Malapitas. Uh, he's going to protect his job because people like me want the jerk banker versus the nice, sweet, lovey-dovey, granola-eating, tree-hugging CEO. Tesla CEO Elon Musk, who's quickly turning into just a dominant force of entrepreneurship, ownership, crushing the shorts ship, Electric car company said it's going to repay its loan to the Department of Energy this week. So, on one hand, you get Solyndra. On the other hand, you get Tesla. I guess it's advancement. Best Buy, AutoZone, Medtronic, Saks, all reporting numbers today. I'll go over what I can today. Intuit, NetApp, analog devices. Report today after the closing bell. Dell's credit rating has been cut two notches. From A negative. To triple B. Uh, oh no, Richard just sent me an email. It's pronounced Bay. Triple Bay. Bay. Carnival cut its earnings outlook with the cruise line operator now seeing four year profit of buck forty five to a buck sixty five. Analysts had expected almost two dollars. That's a pretty dramatic fifteen percent plus cut. Like 
Carnival's had some bad press. Yahoo followed up its acquisition of blogging service Tumblr by announcing updates to its Flickr photo sharing service, unveiling a redesign and offering users one terabyte of free storage. That's a lot of storage. The Duff Phone posted the largest ever quarterly drop in what's called organic service revenue. Investors continue to speculate whether or not they're going to sell its 45% stake to Verizon Wireless. Amazon.com won a key security clearance from the U.S. government for its cloud service known as Amazon Web Services. This will allow Amazon to expand their business by going after government agency contracts. Sprint Nextel got a waiver by Japan SoftBank, which allows it to consider a $25.5 billion takeover bid from Dish Networks. Gosh, there's some headlines out there, isn't there? Igate fired their CEO, Fanish Murthy, following the investigation of a sexual harassment claim. Never a good idea to say, hey, sweetie. Right? The medical examiner in Oklahoma, this is only from Oklahoma. People had thought that there was 51 dead. Now they're thinking it's just 24 because they're double counting. Well, there's one dead person here. Let's put him in the body bag and send him to the hospital. And the hospital goes, well, here's another dead person. So they're basically double counting. Oh, Jacob Liu, new Treasury Secretary, who he signs your dollar bills. He had a horrendous signature that he's recently changed. Loosening underwriting standards. We'll talk about this good idea, bad idea. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We live in truly odd times. A company like a Pinterest can sell for a couple billion dollars and only have 13 employees. But they're 13 damn good engineers. A kid could drop out of high school sell his company to Yahoo for $1.1 billion, making something like $250 million in a very short period of time. It makes those of us who make 40000 feel like we're making thirty. It makes those of us who are making 140000 resent the tax code because we're making just a little bit too much money. But we're certainly not making $120 million, $150 million after taxes. Anyway, killer tornado. I'm not going to talk about the death and devastation. I'm going to say bad things happen and you really need to prepare for them. Because it might come to a neighborhood near you. The pictures come out of Oklahoma's of families, especially children, who are bloodied and soiled. It's tragic. They're supposed to be thinking about the beach right now. They're supposed to be thinking about last days of school. And they're not. So prepare for a worst-case scenario, please. 
Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. Keep in mind, I will have Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, coming up in just a couple of minutes. Please don't correct my pronunciation. S&P 500 down one-third of a point, Dow up 20 points, and NASDAQ down four. Joining me now, Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. He is with New Focus Financial. You can find them online at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the areas that I find to be intriguing, again, there's a lot of components that go into retirement. There's mortgages and, and investing, and there's insurance, and there's budgeting. It, mortgages, 30-year uh, versus 15-year, paying it off early, don't pay it off early. Let's talk about one of the greatest arguments that I've had in financial radio is I don't ever prepay a mortgage until I'm wealthy. What's your thoughts on that statement? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Your house is going to go up and down in value regardless of how much you put into it. And especially if you're buying in areas like you know, the Bay Area, yeah. where there could be an earthquake at any time, that type of level of risk, I want the bank in on it with me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because the worst thing that could happen to you is you could end up uh, you know, walking away from that deal with really bad credit for a while. <laughs> so... And that's better than or a tax bill. If you know, right now, if uh, if you walk away a short sale a home on your primary mortgage, it's, it's not going to be taxable. In the past, it has been. So, something that people don't acknowledge is they, they look at a mortgage and the first four letters are mort. You know, it's it's death. It's not a positive word. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic word because where record rates were in, in low mortgage rates, that's heaven. Mm-hmm. You get to tax deduct some of your income off the interest. That's amazing. That's a huge benefit of a mortgage. Um, you get to write off the interest against your taxable income. That's that's nice. Again, maybe that'll last forever. Maybe it won't last forever. But a mortgage is a cheap cost of money, Chad. Yeah. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And a lot of what you talk about is crap that readjusts for inflation. Like a hundred thousand dollars in cost will be two hundred thousand because it's readjusted for inflation. Your mortgage, your payment, three thousand a month, four thousand a month. It's the same. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And if it did, it, it would be a horrible product. But it doesn't. Well, and let's talk about the 15-year for a minute because 2011 was kind of a year where I first started saying, hey, you know, you should probably look at a 15-year mortgage to right. some people. Absolutely run the numbers. Because you can you can sit there and you can take your 30-year, which might have, you know, 15 or 20 years left, refinance to a 15-year, possibly pay it off sooner. But, again, that's, that's because it's already going to be paid off in a shorter period of time or you're used to that payment. Um, I consistently find in states like Oregon and California where I have clients – the people that go into retirement with a mortgage, which can still be a deduction on your state income tax return, okay, um, and the people that have long-term care insurance, which also can create tax deductions for you, they end up paying less in state income taxes. So as long as your mortgage is over 150, 180,000, but if your mortgage is under that, you're not really getting much of a bang for your buck anymore because right. the the mortgage interest deduction is so small, it's almost the same thing as if you just do what's called a standard deduction and you're not writing off your interest. So you know, if, if people right now your mortgage is only around two hundred thousand dollars, by all means get it paid off by the time you retire because it's not really going to be a tax deduction for you anyways. It's a pretty powerful tool. There's an investor named Mullenkamp. Do you remember Mullenkamp? Yeah, yeah. He wrote an article about mortgages back in the '70s, and, and the theory that he threw out there was uh, it's not your home that goes up or down in value; it's the value of the mortgage that goes up or down in value. And it's a concept that most people just don't get, but. I, I think it's genius, and it, it changes the way people approach real estate in my mind. Once you once you grasp that concept, yeah, it's not the. I mean, it's the affordability of the, the affordability mortgage of the that mortgage. determines the price of the home, and so the affordability of the mortgage is run by two issues: interest rates and wage inflation. So it's not, you know, it, it well location can come into play a little bit too. But if interest rates are super high, even the location doesn't matter. 
So I'm not big on the whole uh, mortgage burning book at the end of the 30 years. Like uh, my parents, they wanted to burn their mortgage book. You know, the the coupons, the payments they sent in. They'd have a mortgage burning party. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most powerful tool on the planet. It, it even allows me to sell my real estate without selling it by taking out another mortgage against it. So I think it's it's unbelievably flexible, and it should be a word that inspires awe, not fear. Right, and there's a certain way to look at financial planning, and some people look at it, I want to maximize every dollar, and that's my number one goal. There's other people that look at it and say, this is, what I want money to do for me is to simplify my life and my family's life. So some people could say, I want my mortgage paid off because that's what makes me feel comfortable in retirement. It might not be the best use of each dollar, but it makes them feel comfortable, and there's a lot to be said for being as comfortable as possible and having as few payments in retirement. Some people, that's their main goal. And, and so don't be ashamed if your goal is to pay off your house. But um, just realize that it might not be the most maximum use of each dollar. Absolutely. And again, if you're poor, pay off your mortgage because you have a mortgage on a trailer and it's 18%. And if you're super wealthy, pay it off because it's an inconvenience to send in a mortgage payment. And everyone else should, should, should let it go. Just pay it on time is the, is the trick and the important thing. You're listening to me, Rob Black, with CFP Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. So Goldman Sachs just cranked up its S&P 500 targets a whopping 33% higher through 2015. They expect the S&P 500 will rise by 5% to 1750 by year-end, advance by 9% to 1900 in 2014, and climb 10% in 2100 to 2015 in 2015. If you include dividends, it's a 33% total return through 2015. They see the outlook for an improving economy, further expansion of the price-to-earnings ratio. In tough economies, people are willing to pay 10 times earnings. In normal economies, maybe 15. In glorious economies, maybe 20. I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing that. I'm just trying to help you get to where they're at. They see a Ford PE of 15. Maybe 15, 16 times. Coming up, we're going to talk with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Apple's in the news today. Everyone knows that Apple's Tim Cook is in Washington. Apple's never been very big into the political process. They've been in it, but not huge. But I'm reading some headlines at briefing.com, for instance. Senator McCain wants to close tax loopholes to bring back $1 trillion in total corporate profits. McCain reiterates that 95% of Apple are indeed done in the United States. Apple defended by Senator Paul at subcommittee. So Apple's rebounding off its lows. If you take a look at Apple today, take a look at the stock market, 
you're like, oh, what's wrong with Apple? You need a reliable source to get that information. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Rob. Nice to be back with you. It's always good to talk to someone smart, especially when it comes to the stock market. I just quoted a briefing source. It's part of your breaking news. It's not sexy. It's just it's telling you what's happening at Apple, and it kind of reassures Apple investors. It probably gives ammo to Apple's detractors. Thoughts? Well, we can say that um, you know, from a um, from company standpoint, Briefing.com doesn't uh, take political positions, if you will. Um, you know, we can say that if we are looking at what's going on with Apple, I mean, the facts of the matter are that it didn't break any laws, right? Um, but does it really pass a sniff test uh, for a lot of people? Eh, you know, probably not. Um, you know, the term tax avoidance comes into the mix here. And I think that, the, you know, the, the Senate committee is, you know, is rightfully, you know, probably taking a look at how, it, you know, it can sort of, or well, it's probably what you would expect it to do at this point, given where the deficit is and all of that, that you try to look for ways to increase your, your revenue stream and to, um, you know, reclaim some taxes that otherwise have gone unclaimed for a long time. Seems kind of like a no-brainer for Congress to say repatriate it maybe a tax holiday because that money will end up in somebody's hands which should be stimulative to the economy. Am I wrong? Well, you would think so. I mean, the the, uh, the premise for that would be, you know, you repatriate these money, this money that's earned overseas and that these companies would in turn, you know, use that uh, to uh, in, you know for capital improvement projects and also to return capital to to their shareholders uh, and that should ultimately have you know a um, trickle down effect as it relates to an improvement in consumer spending activity you know if you've got one point nine trillion dollars and and not all of it's going to come back if they you know figure this out but anyway you would think that a good chunk of it would because you've heard these companies uh, bemoan the current tax structure as a reason why they don't repatriate those profits. You know, but uh, it would point out, um, I forget the exact year, but I believe there was, you know, some tax holiday in that effect. And the idea was that all these companies were going to, you know, hire more people. And I think studies have shown that they really didn't hire more people. Um, so um, kind of have to be careful about expectations in terms of what all of this could do if this money does come home. But I think on the margin, certainly, if you've got all, you know, a good chunk of money coming back, these companies are, are going to find ways to, if nothing else, return it to their shareholder base in some way, shape, or form, and, and that would be a good thing for uh, for those particular shareholders. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, this morning Home Depot came out and crushed on earnings. And I think some analysts are seeing it as companies executing well. Some analysts are seeing it as the housing market recovery play that's pretty obvious. What are your thoughts on the housing recovery, and is it pretty obvious that that's enough to support our economy at this point in time? Well, there's, you know, clear signs that there's a housing recovery underway, but, you know, what needs to be taken account is that it's coming off of such a depressed base. So, you know, when you you see these year-over-year improvements, um, you know, they, they, they certainly look good and sound good from a headline standpoint, but we're, you know, uh, still a long, long way away from where we were back before everything collapsed. And so, you know, the good news is there's a lot of room still for, for upside improvement there. 
Um, probably the more frustrating news is it's going to take, you know, an extended period of time to kind of reclaim those highs. But there's no doubt that there's a housing recovery um, uh, that's been solidified here. You've seen increases in existing and new home sales. Housing starts are picking up. Uh, obviously, the uh, you know mortgage rates are, are depressed and, uh, and allowing for um, you know for uh, increased home purchase activity. So so that's all good. Um, and you know. Can the housing recovery support the economy? Um, not on its own. Um, it certainly can help, and we're seeing that as it relates to, uh, you know, the residential investment contribution into the GDP report. Uh, but there's a, you know, this is a huge economy, and so you're going to need more than just housing to pick up if we're going to achieve that, you know, that so-called escape velocity where we get back to, you know, three percent plus growth on a sustained basis. And you know, we're not there yet because while you know you are seeing some improvement in the housing sector, you know. You know, loan demand is still generally not uh, not robust, and, and certainly you can see in the amount of excess reserves that banks are holding that they're not uh, necessarily um, loosening their purse strings uh, willingly right now to lend out that money. And, and you need that to happen for the economy to really you know, get kick-started and, and move into you know, what I refer to as that escape velocity phase that uh, has been elusive here despite all of what the Fed has done uh, since 2008-2009. Speaking about the Fed, the Federal Reserve, there's talk that Ben Bernanke may be too optimistic about the future of the U.S. economy. Low interest rates certainly have helped me refinance my mortgage, have more money for my family, period. Um, it's also helped companies like Apple issue debt and pay their dividends. Low money is great in the moment. But I think you pieced, you wrote something recently, or someone at Briefing did, that talked about when interest rates start moving up, watch out. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you know, you make a good point, Rob. I mean, I mean, you have low interest rates. I mean, good things tend to happen, but um, but we also have seen, you know, throughout history that uh, it, it's just human nature that things get carried to the extreme there when you have, um, you know, the opportunity to, to borrow um, uh, at such low interest rates. Um, and, you know, and that's kind of what I was saying earlier, that we still haven't seen, you know, banks really, you know, let loose. So while you've seen some, you know, nice improvement uh, in the housing market like we discussed, obviously you've seen, you know, the huge run-up in stock prices. Um, I don't think we were at extreme levels yet uh, of enthusiasm like we saw uh, that led to the housing bubble. Um, but, you know, to the point, you know, your question is like, do we look out when interest rates go up? Um, I have to say that it depends. You know, I do think that um, there's going to be some uh, some upset for the stock market initially, you know, because you've had it so good for so long with this promise that interest rates are going to stay low, that the Fed's going to continue to, you know, buy $85 billion a month and, you know, agency mortgage-backed securities and treasury securities. And so, there will be an adjustment factor as to, like, you know, this party's starting to end. You know, it's not going to be over, but uh, suddenly the, uh, you know, the keg that was once full, you know, is now looking more like a pony keg maybe. And so, you know, you're not getting as much enthusiasm as you might otherwise with the, the Fed going in, you know, being all in, trying to throw the greatest party around. So there will be an adjustment factor, but 
where I say it depends is, you know, if the Fed is, is you know, tapering and, uh, and interest rates actually go up for the right reasons, that is, you're seeing this escape velocity and you're still seeing inflation stay under control in the midst of the economy picking up, you know, you can still see the, the equity market do reasonably well under that situation. And so really a lot's going to depend on the timing of what the, when the Fed does this and really what the data is saying at the time that the Fed comes out and make some type of indication that it's going to start pulling back on its ultra-accommodative uh, policy. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst at Briefing.com, great resource for investors. Tell us, Mr. O'Hare, why do we care about Jamie Dimon basically retaining his position as both chairman and CEO, according to the New York Times? <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I don't know if I have a, a, a real good thought for you there. Okay. Um, I think, you know, I, I would offer this. You know, he's he's clearly been a leading figurehead throughout um, throughout the, you know, well, for a long time, really, and certainly coming out of the financial crisis where it was very evident that he uh, helped manage that bank in a very prudent way that many of his counterparts did not. Now, you know, you flash forward several years, and, of course, you had the London whale trading incident and, and everything, and um, but... You know, Mr. Diamond's a very outspoken individual, very charismatic. Um, I think that, uh, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase is obviously a widely owned stock. Uh, They look to him as sort of a beacon of leadership as it relates to the regulatory framework and to the the recovery in the financial sector. And so if – if there's a, you know, this move to try to strip him of some of his power, um, you know, there was the possibility he even suggested himself that he might just say, you know what, I'm done here. And then that might create some unnecessary uncertainty for, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase and, um, you know, and who knows what happens. But, um, you know, it's a huge, huge organization. Um, I, there's, you know, legitimate arguments on both sides, I think, to say, you know, you probably need to split those roles um, or not. But uh, it appears that shareholders have voted this morning, and they said that, you know, they want them to, to maintain both of those roles. And you've seen J.P. Morgan stock uh, react uh, positively to that news. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. international markets. And I open the segment by telling you, you know, some of the stuff they've written about Apple today. They're on top of it. They're watching the wires. They're watching the stories. They've got the reporters in the right place. They're pulling and collating and, and distributing the data to us in a pretty efficient manner that's a lot more trustworthy than a lot of people want to ascribe to Wall Street analysis. You're listening to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money. I'm talking all things financial. Don't be shy. Drop me an email. I will interact with you. Patrick O'Hare just joined us. He's the Chief Market Analyst at Briefing.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Tomorrow we get Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist. Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist at Briefing.com. Take a break here. I'll be right back. AM 1220. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. This morning. We get the treat of seeing 
It's a whore in Oklahoma tied towards a tornado. Takes down a whole school where kids were in it. So I can't process that. I can't even explain it. Crews lifted child after child out of the rubble. Most of them bewildered. Some of them stunned, shocked. You know, we're certainly going to learn that some of the fatalities are tied towards children. It's good to see the positives. It's good to see the hope. But I always keep going back to the odd side of every story. Homes get pushed over, knocked down. Schools get pushed over, knocked down. Whether it be earthquake, fire, tornadoes. We saw what happened to Long Island not that long ago. And inside every major disaster, there's a story. A financial story, a human story. I try to tell the story from the, the financial side. Sometimes it's easier than others. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I got a heart somewhere inside this thing. The Oklahoma tornado damage could hit about $2 billion. So not as only is it going to ruin lives and future lives of children, but it's also going to be a big financial hit to the people of that community as well as the people of that state. Severe weather is all about contrast. Typically it's cooler, drier air next to warmer, moist air. And the angles that you always have to continue to go back to are, you know, are you ready for this financially? A for worst case scenario? Because I know at some point in time tragedy hits my community. Not that long ago, a kid brought a sword to a school just outside my community. It's going to take a long time to clean up Oklahoma, to rebuild the structures. They lost complete schools. So I'm moaning about my high school. They're rezoning, they're redistricting. If you bought a house in a certain area because it got the better school scores, now suddenly you maybe move to the lower school scores. Some people don't even have a school to go to, right? $1.2 to $2 billion in insurance. There's reinsurance companies for sure. Insurance companies aren't stupid. They tend not to say, you know, well, you live in Oklahoma and there's a lot of tornadoes, though, or we'll cover you. Heck, why not? So believe it or not, in disasters like this, insurance companies can take a hit because people are like, wow, they're going to go out of business if they have to keep insuring disasters. It's the exact opposite. If they keep insuring disasters, they're going to keep charging more. Then you get the Home Depots, the Lowe's, the Williams-Sonomas, the chemical companies that help make paint, DuPont, Dow, those kind of thoughts come to your head of, well, we're going to have to build things in America because things keep seeming to get knocked down. And there's a lot of truth to that statement. SP 500's down 2, the Dow's up 2, the NASDAQ down 5, the 10-year Treasury sits at just under 2. 1.979. So when it goes above 2, it's going to be a little bit tougher to make money in stocks. When it goes above 2.5, it's going to be a little bit tougher to make money in stocks. If it goes above 3, 3.5, 4, 
suddenly the mortgage is going to cost you four and a half, five, six percent per year versus three and a half, three and three quarters, four percent now. So we pay attention to bonds and treasuries. Gold's down twenty one buckaroos today, thirteen sixty two. I'm not a big gold fan. I'm just not. I wish I could lie to you, I wish I could like bend the truth. I can't. Gold, I think, is great if you're wealthy. Gold's not the best thing in the world if you're creating wealth. Stocks, bonds, and real estate are. Best way to own real estate is through real estate investment trust or through the home that you live in. Owning properties that you have to manage, not the best way to own real estate. If you own a publicly traded REIT, a real estate investment trust, your liability is how much you invest, and that's it. If you go out and buy an apartment complex, your liability is you know, going to be for 30 years to pay that note. And if you don't, you'll probably have to go bankrupt. Because when they take that, they're going to go after every other asset that they can on you. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Apple's got tax avoidance hearings going on right now. There's some pretty sensational headlines. Republicans are enjoying their worst ratings ever. So Republicans are going to say things to make them look as positive as possible. You big corporation made billions of dollars and didn't pay your fair share. We're angry. The people of America are angry. But the truth is, is that IRS laws and tax laws can be financially engineered. I do it. I remember writing my tax returns once, and then I was like, ooh, what if I go a little bit more aggressive with my depreciation? What if I, you know, and suddenly you're able to manipulate the data so it comes out slightly different the second time. And you're like, ooh, I'm going to go back to the first one. The first one was better. Um, David Karp. Tumblr CEO. Had he sold his company last December 30th, he would have saved a lot more on taxes than he did by selling it in May of this year. Capital gains tax laws changed. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing more. Find me online at robblack.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Peace. Available as a hardware appliance, virtual appliance, or as a cloud service. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Apple in the news today. JP Morgan in the news. Economic data, not a lot of it. Talk about economic data, there's a lot of it. Scientists right now are trying to de-evolve a chicken into a dinosaur. Okay. Okay. That's an odd headline. Do we have too much to do? 
that we can't work on our own economy, that we have to de-evolve a chicken. Yankees are going to be a part owners of a new MLS team in New York City, along with Manchester City. Interesting. Yankees were one of those teams that figured out baseball was going bigger business with television contracts, so they started their own television network. It's a financial story. You've got to go with it. Americans feel more financially secure than a year ago. At the same time, Americans spend more on their pets than beer or movies. At the same time, a lot of seniors are hitting retirement, and they're nervous. Even though they saved enough, even though they've watched their budget, they're still nervous. They don't know if they're going to spend less when they retire. Most people spend more the first couple years after they retire. When you have a job, you're in your office, you're not out there spending money. You're not traveling. You're able to do things that you couldn't do before, and things are expensive. How much money should you have in retirement in bonds? The old rules of retirement were to go 60% stocks, 40% bonds as you near retirement, and go 80% bonds when you hit retirement. I think that old formula was based on your parents, who lived 10 years in retirement and then died. Now people are living a lot longer. So I think you need to be at least 50-50 stocks, bonds, instead of 80-20. But again, case-to-cases differ. When you hit retirement, you need a power of attorney. Just in case something happens to you, you need someone who understands how to handle finances and make medical decisions. You need to take into account inflation in retirement. How long can you work till? I tend to advise people work as long as you can because once you stop, you don't get that option again. Or you rarely get that option of going back to work. Let's take a look at today's market numbers. S&P 500 is down fractions. Dow's up 17. The Nasdaq up one half of one point. We've had 18 straight up Tuesdays this year. I know you're saying, I wish every day was a Tuesday. Elect me president, I'll make every day a Tuesday. Error. I'll make every Saturday a Saturday and every Tuesday. Oh, good God, I can't pull it off. Don't elect me. Gold ETFs are liquidating by the ton. If I was on top of my game, I'd sing Goldfinger right now. But I'd probably embarrass my family, my loved ones. My mother, my father, my grandparents, any future children I might have, all would be embarrassed of me going, cold finger. Dreadful. Yeah, that was pretty bad, wasn't it? So an ounce of gold, represented by the American Eagle coin, being liquidated pretty quickly right now. It's pretty aggressive liquidation. It's amazing. It's incredible. One of the biggest ETFs, being a top five player, it's being cut in half approximately to $46 billion. They hold just over 1,000 tons of gold in its vaults. That's a pretty aggressive liquidation. So, at some point in time, the stock market rally is going to end. Are you with me? Because you're either with me or against me, and you need to choose a side. This is a civil war. 
This is the north versus the south. This is an up market forever versus some point in time it slows. Okay, that's fair. Stocks, bonds, and real estate are things that you should accumulate in your lifetime. Once you're wealthy, you should manage those so that you can start selling them off. You don't get a present for going to the grave with ten houses. So enjoy the money while it's there. What if you did get a present for dying with, like, ten houses? What if I'm wrong? What if my thoughts on death have been wrong all along? No. I'll live with that. So, um, what's on your financial mind? Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I think it's fair to say that the underperformance recently of technology might allow it to catch up down the road. I think if you look at an all-time high of banks versus where they are today, I think they tend to find their own levels again. So put a gun to my head. I'm going to favor tech and finances. But I'm not stupid. I love healthcare companies. Tim Cook's in front of Congress right now. Some members of the Senate basically say, you know, we don't pay our taxes because we don't have to. There's laws that allow us to be aggressive in our accounting. It's one of the reasons you pay attention to a CFO of a company. Is he aggressive in his accounting or is he not? Tax expert at the Senate subcommittee says Apple does not violate tax laws. Says Apple isn't aggressive as others in shifting profits and tax havens, but still shifts 60% of its profits to Ireland-based subsidiary. McCain wants to close tax loopholes to bring back $1 trillion in total corporate profits, including Apple's. He's reiterating that 95% of Apple are indeed done in the United States. Apple defended by Senator Paul at the subcommittee. So Apple looks like a big bad company today, right? They're in front of Congress. Shame on you, Apple, for using tax shelters. Woo! But they got a new iPad coming out later in the year. So at some point in time, we're going to stop talks about tax gimmickry. I personally think Congress needs to allow corporations to repatriate dollars at cheaper levels versus the corporate tax rate. I think they would find that it would be stimulated for the economy. But some people are like, well, they didn't pay their fair share. Apple's the biggest corporate taxpayer basically in the nation, minus ExxonMobil and big oil companies that have a higher tax rate based on being big oil. Apple Tim Cook says U.S.-made Mac will be a new model in an existing family. Apple plans to fight their ebook antitrust lawsuit. Apple continues to fight Samsung in court. Pretty humiliating if you think about how often Apple's in the news with lawsuits. To be a great corporate model these days, you have to have a good legal department. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. A few Saturdays from now, i got a new event coming up in Palo Alto. Two new events, one for wealth preservation, one for wealth creation. But I've moved away from the basic Money 101 to more of a Money 102 concept. You can learn more by hitting my website, robblack.com. That's robblack.com. For a moment today, imagine your city being ruined, like the city in Oklahoma. And get prepared for that. Do something about it. Be prepared for the worst. 
I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. to attack save in like Bermuda or the Cayman. Percent, NASDAQ har by a point. And that's a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. And iHeart Radio Station. Something that binds us together. Love. The lyrics of the song are suggesting. How about smell? Or money? Wait, 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 wait. Did you say smell? Cover that one a little bit closer. Axe, which is made by Unilever. It's a body care brand targeted at teenage boys. Basically, it's tough to get a teenager to shower, so what he does, you want him to put on as much cologne as possible. Teenage boys, it's almost ironic that as their hormones are going crazy, basically saying, find a mate, find a mate, find a mate, make a baby, make a baby, make a baby, that they decide at this period of time, eh, showers are optional. Axe, the Unilever company that makes body care for boys, i.e. smelly body washes, Smelly? Smelly good. Women love a good smelling man. Ah, like, uh, Old Spice? Isn't that what Dad smelled like? Oh, but Old Spice has reimagined itself with a lot of clever marketing, right? So Axe has a burglar now primping his hair to make himself leave a good impression on a woman that he's just broken into her home and robbed. I would call that an advertising fail. SP 500 is down one point. The NASDAQ up half a point. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 17 points. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is with New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the big questions that I get via email and, and phone calls on a regular basis, Chad, is lump sum investing. I just inherited $100,000. I just inherited $40,000. And my next question, if it's a chick, is like, you got all your teeth. Like, are you good looking? Like, what's your number? What's your number? I've actually done that on air, which is pathetic. But um, lump sum <laughs> investing versus dollar cost averaging. These are two themes of investing. I say when you get a lump sum, just invest it because it'll work out over time. What's your thoughts on lump sum investing? Well, most people are already dollar cost averaging through their paycheck, um, okay. their 401k. And dollar cost averaging works when there's, you know, when the market is. It has periods where it's trending lower over a year-long period so that you're buying sometimes at a low and sometimes at a high. Um, So if there's a significant correction and you've got cash to put in, I would just put it in. But if you're doing it and the market's at the higher end of a 12-month trading range, then dollar cost average to a point that makes you feel comfortable. The problem that people do when they dollar cost average is they let the motions get involved. 
So they'll start off and they'll say, I'm going to do X number of dollars per month. And they say, oh, no, the market's too high or I'm going to wait for a correction. And they skip out on their plan. You need to write down your plan on paper. It says, I'm going to dollar cost average just cash into a balanced portfolio over six months, 12 months, two years, whatever it may be. Something that takes the emotion out of it. Right. It's the emotion that makes it difficult. In a 10-year period, none of it will really matter. It will not matter. It's just how you can avoid getting your emotions involved in investing, and that's usually by a written plan that, that you follow that you don't, you know, you got to stay the course. Your written on. plan is a funny idea because most people remember things the, the way they want to remember them. They'll say things like, oh, I knew to buy Apple when they came out with the iPod, but did they buy Apple? Mm-hmm. A lot of day traders will be like, oh, I knew it was going to move from you know, 440 to 525 after they reported earnings, but did they do it? And I recommend people, you know, if, if put up or shut up, write it down and give it to your wife. Yeah. If you have a great idea, write it down and give it to your wife. Because, and then when you need that money back, ask for it back from your wife. You could practice on paper, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, and if you look at the last decade, which was tough for investors, the S&P 500 is relatively flat if you don't count dividends. Um, but a balanced portfolio still averaged over 6% over the last 10 years, even with the credit crisis, the real estate bubble, and all that good stuff. Um, so a balanced portfolio will work out over time. And I think the, the problem that investors that are coming in with cash or they've been sitting in cash, the problem they deal with is they're only watching stocks. Right. So they, they forget that a balanced portfolio, when the stock market is really rallying, will underperform in the short term, but it will outperform during the 3 out of 10 years that are negative. So 7 out of 10 years are positive, 3 out of 10 are negative. And asset allocation means you're keeping up with the market in the good years and outperforming it in the bad years. So that's what you want. I'm a big fan of dollar cost averaging in the 401k. With If you're going to try to do a trade, then you don't, you don't you, you lump sum it. You know, it's, it all depends on your expectations and your goals. But we preach diversification of equity. Um, so lump summing it doesn't make a lot of sense. At the same time, though, I, you know, I take over um, portfolios... Uh, sometimes large companies yeah. kind of rhyme with disher, where you see over 100 different stocks. You be careful. That guy can kill you. <laughs> we see over 100 different stocks, and you're like, okay, what's the point of picking 100 different stocks? Yeah. We have 1% position. What if that company does really well? It's not going to make a difference in your portfolio. So when I pick individual stocks, we typically keep 20 to 25 positions yeah. in the portfolio. Do you know why he puts people in 100 different stocks? Because it's impossible to quit them. You're thinking if I quit and I have to sell all these stocks, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. That's why exactly why when I set up my company, we use TD Ameritrade as a brokerage firm, and my yeah. clients get uh, free trades for the first 60 days because yeah. I usually have to go in and fix portfolios because they have way too many positions. They're you know concentrated one t- sector of the market instead of being diversified, and we've got to fix it. So you know trading costs can become expensive if if you've got you know 100 positions or if you've got over 13 mutual funds, you're typically way over diversified. You got too many positions, you can't possibly follow it and have a daytime job. That guy you mentioned name rhymes with Disher. I once said on air that his sales force is kind of cheesy and smarmy, young guys who have, you know, cuff links and uh, initials on their shirts and stuff like that. Like these initials right here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, they're kind of douchey. Like, they're just cheesy guys. He called me. A billionaire calls me, and he's like, I heard you have something negative to say about my company. I'm like, I'm so, 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 so sorry. Please don't kill me. <laughs> I was afraid of him. And no comment. <laughs> no, I'm scared. TFP <laughs> Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Keep in mind, Memorial Day is coming. And on Memorial Day, do we salute armed forces? Of course we do. But it's also a time of the year where we salute beer. 
beer, 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 beer. It's Memorial Day. Da 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 da. Hey, let's go to the parade. Grab a beer. Let's have an outdoor barbecue. Grab a beer. Ooh, food. Need a beer. American brewers celebrate Memorial Day. Middle-income, blue-collar men, 21 to 30 years old, have always been loyal to beer. It's a group that has felt the recession perhaps more than others because of the millennials having a tough time finding jobs. As jobs improve, those millennials will drink more beer. So loyalty to beer is intriguing. Sam Adams Coors gets 90% score. Heineken Miller, 88%. It's an engagement index. Bush Beer, 83%. Corona, 80%. Michelob, 78%. I, myself, partial to Lagunitas. But that's just me. Maximus. Maximus. If I were a Roman emperor, I would want my name to be Maximus. So this is Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial, money, investing, more. I'm Rob Black. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. This morning, Goldman Sachs is cranking up their official targets on the U.S. stock market. They expect the S&P 500 is going to rise by 5%, another 5% this year. It's going to advance 9% to 1,900 in 2014. It's going to climb 10% in 2,100. To 2100 in 2015. That's according to Goldman Sachs Chief Equity Strategist David Costin. So fire up the portfolios, people. 33% returns are guaranteed. Maybe not, right? There's no guarantee in that story. I missed the guarantee part. The key component on the line, the bullish call, is that investment banks' outlook for improving U.S. economy will cause further expansion of the price-to-earnings ratio, the valuation which you pay to own a stock. Do you want Apple's billions of dollars of profits at 10 times earnings, 15 times earnings, or 20 times earnings? Conservatively, you'd say 10. Aggressively, you'd say 20. Perhaps in the middle, you'd say 15. So, Goldman's economist is forecasting above-trend growth in 2014 for the first time in six years. So they're not calling for the great Web 3.0. They're not calling for a war. They're not calling for regulation that allows corporate tax repatriation. They're just saying expansion of the P.E. that people are willing to pay. Since 1973, the S&P 500 has averaged 12.9 times future earnings. But it's averaged 15.3 times since 1990. So in the last 20 years, we've become a little bit more, eh, I better invest. So 
They're just basing their numbers on 15 to 16 times, basically saying, hey, that's the trend of the last 25 years. We're going to stick there. They see sustained Fed commitment to monetary easing. Ben Bernanke is going to talk tomorrow. We'll listen. Aggressive measures by the Bank of Japan, persistent weakness in Europe. One of the biggest open questions in the market right now is bond yields. What happens when they start to rise? Will there be a shift from bonds or stocks to bonds? Again, I'm not going to play this game. Let's play this game. No, I'm not going to play this game. One thing that I want to throw out there is, is today the day that I break into my song, Goodbye Bullish Tuesday. Market's trying for 19 straight Tuesdays up. I don't know what even Ruby Tuesday means, just so you know. But it's Bullish Tuesday. Stocks always go up on Tuesday. 18 for 18 this year, right? Sweet! I'm just going to bet on Tuesdays. Sweet! That's awesome. I love it when you say, sweet! Sweet! Thank you, Napoleon. What do you do today, Napoleon? Anything I want. SP 500 up two. For the record, by the way, uh, any scene in Napoleon Dynamite's worth watching on cable for about five to ten minutes. Any scene. SP 500 up two, Dow up 35, Nasdaq up two. Ten-year Treasury sits at just under two percent yield. That's going to be a problem when it continues to move higher. If it continues to move higher. So on one level, you want bad news until you retire. Then you want good news, so other people in the economy are benefiting. Oil's down fractions. Gold's down 13 buckaroos a day, 13.71. How much money do you need to get by? It really depends on where you live, right? Depends on your budget, your lifestyle. I like to eat out. I've barbecued two straight nights, but I'm getting tired of barbecuing. Going to go to a hockey game tonight. If anyone sees me at the hockey game, please don't make eye contact. Please don't make eye contact. And if we're in the line at the urinals, please, please don't make eye contact and definitely don't shake my hand. Please. So how much money do you need to get by? On average, Americans seem to think $58,000 a year for a family of four. That's more than double the poverty threshold for a family of four. Results are not far off from what Americans told Gallup when asked a similar question in 2007. How much money do you need in retirement to pay yourself $58,000 a year? Financial planners don't really take into account Social Security. If they do, shame on them. When you ask this question to a family of four with higher incomes, they say a higher amount. But how much do you need in retirement? You have to have a budget. Depends on how much you eat out. Depends on are you prepared for an emergency. I think that $1 million will pay you roughly forty to $60,000 a year in retirement. 
keep in mind you spend slightly more in retirement the first couple of years than you do in the latter years. Retirement's not cheap. You know, I'm not buying a new car. I'm not buying new suits anymore. You're going on more vacations. You have a lot more time to kill. Apple CEO Tim Cook was asked, do you consider yourself an American company? And he says, emphatically, yes. Tim Cook's testifying on Capitol Hill. Yesterday we learned that Melissa, Marissa Mayer, which she has that name that I'm sure she hates, because a lot of people will say Melissa, and she's like, no, 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 it's, it's Marissa. Okay, Melissa. She bought Tumblr. Big, big, big bet on where advertising dollars show up in the future. We all know that commercials are creepy at times. I remember once I was on antidepressants years and years and years and years and years ago. Probably incorrectly on antidepressants, just say now. Even though I have daddy issues, probably still pretty correctly on. But I was watching a commercial for Goodyear Tire. And in it, there's a little baby that's inside of a tire that's driving around. And that's absurd. It's absurd. Babies can't drive. Tires aren't cars. But the commercial made me almost cry. Like, that poor baby. Your babies are riding on those tires. You better get a good tire, you bad man. So that's why you don't take antidepressants. That's why anyone who's on antidepressants, don't trust them. I know you're saying, boy, that's a blanket statement. Well, it kind of is. Oh, my. Let's see what I'm going to be talking about later today. Best Buy. Best Buy sales, pretty disappointing. I can't get behind that company. Because, still, quite honestly, I bought a pair of Keens the other day. Uh, and I got big feet. I got size 14 feet. And you know what they say about big feet, right? Big shoes. But for some reason, I decided to get size 13 Keens. And I had to send it back to Amazon. And it's easy. It's simple. So Best Buy is getting hurt by people like me who are starting to find out more and more the joys of online shopping. I'd never bought shoes online for that exact reason. Some sneakers I wear 14, some dress shoes more like 13. Sales at Best Buy open at least a year down 1.1% as in line with expectations, but I don't think that's a good thing. I've had my TV now for eight years, seven years, and I don't feel a rush to go out and get a 60-incher or 50-incher. Even though I know you can get online, and I have got an Apple device and I've got a Roku device, so I can get online on my TV. I feel comfortable with that. I don't have to have to uh, get a Best Buy to buy that Internet TV. It's got to do more than just be an Internet TV for me to dig it. So I can't get behind Best Buy, even though I know there's a store that's out there. Now, I can talk about home prices. Median home price, median household income, unemployment rate. These are all things that can push a home higher in price. You're looking for median family income. 
you're looking for unemployment rates. So some of the most attractive cities right now, Reno Sparks, Nevada. Median family income of $63,000, unemployment rate of 9.4%. Home prices are down 51% from the 2006 peak. Panama City, Florida. The incomes are pretty hefty compared to the price of the homes. You're always looking for income when buying a home. People on my street are attorneys, they're engineers, they're business owners. If the people on your street are, I'm not going to say trash takers, because that's not right. If they're waiters and waitresses, if they're teachers, their incomes aren't going to push the value of homes up. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or Facebook fan page, Cron4, Rob Black, Cron4, K-R-O-N-4, Rob Black. We're talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. And your money on AM 1220 KBOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. Two big events today. Jamie Dimon has kept his dual position as dual chair and CEO, 67% of the votes. Split the role or against it, 33% in favor. Jamie Dimon got 98.8% of the votes for director re election. All directors were re elected by a majority. Wall Street works with the demon known versus the demon unknown. Mr. Dimon is a great banker who steered his company through a really tough time. And then he, his own company had a $6 billion trading loss that he should have known a little bit more about. As a guy who's run companies before, I can assure you I didn't know everything about the companies I was running. I knew the greater good, but there's no way I can know everything. Tobacco-related names are underperforming today after the increased cigarette tax in Minnesota. Woo! Sin tax. Everyone can get behind that. It's actually more of a stupidity tax because younger people who are stupid and not experienced tend to smoke more so than older people. It's just like the lottery, stupidity tax. I don't think our government has any business in running lotteries, but so be it. Apple's Tim Cook said, quote today, Apple pays all the taxes we owe, don't move intellectual property offshore, foreign subsidiaries fund Apple operations, tax code is not kept up with the digital age. Apple CEO and CFO of Oppenheimer are, are 
testifying today at a Senate subcommittee. It's a great chance for politicians to hobnob with the elite. It's a great chance for them to get sound bits of them, you know, punishing big corporate America. Tax specialists ultimately believe that corporate tax rates should be lowered and loopholes should be tightened. Tim Cook says, if you change the laws and we do pay more taxes, or you make it more intriguing for us to bring taxes earnings back, it's going to help the economy and be stimulative. Sweet. EBS today raised their price target on Microsoft to 40 bucks. Now again, Microsoft... I heard digital's. I heard. I heard HP's quarterly and Dell's quarterly reports that no one's buying computers anymore. Five drivers for why UBS raised their price target on Microsoft: greater earnings visibility. Number one. Number two: increased investor appreciation for its cloud momentum. CFP Chad Burton's like, man, that Microsoft Clouds thing. It sure is cool. I'm like, are you kidding me? Microsoft does nothing. Wait, wait, it's, it is pretty cool. They got enterprise strength, which you can't underestimate. The engineers here at my television station, and for that matter, the engineers at my radio station, for the companies that I work with, all use Microsoft for either digital signatures or corporate laptops, notebooks, what have you. Number four for why UBS raised their price target on Microsoft. Money flow back into the tech sector as investors anticipate seasonal second half tech rally. And the final, worst of PCs probably behind us. Keep in mind, we still don't really talk to our computers. We will. I want a little robot that follows me around and goes, beady, 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 beady. What's up, black? And until we get there, I, I say that we have some upside in technology. Okay, 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 okay. Let's take a look at what's happening today on the market. In particular, to the stories of the market. We've got the major averages continuing to trade near their respective unchanged lines, so not a lot's happening. The S&P 500's up two. Is it goodbye bullish Tuesday? Will today be the first down Tuesday? Well, S&P 500's up two. Dow's up 34. The Nasdaq up two. Gold ETFs are liquidating by the ton. That whole J.P. Morgan story, it's got a little bit of hair to it that's positive. Best Buy survival story starting to take shape. They're starting to get close to showing upside. Crews dug through the night after the deadly Oklahoma twister. Two things I want you to know out of that. It's going to be a play on insurance companies and construction companies. It's going to be a play on big home retailers. Another play on it is, are you prepared for a disaster? What if the big one hits today? What if a comet falls in your your neighborhood? Do you know where to go? Do you know where your loved ones will find you? How about a financial disaster? The one thing you never want to do is rear in a car, walk up to it, and see four lawyers sitting there. 
Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I just told you about an uh, upgrade of Microsoft. And what was most intriguing about that was the second half of the year story that we all know is still being quoted. Earlier today, I told you Goldman Sachs sees upside in the markets to the tune of 33% from current levels over the next two and a half years. Are you in? Do you buy in? This is me, Rob Black. Show is Rob Black and Your Money. Find me at robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Talk to you soon. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.